Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, where we break down the biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. I know I say it every week, but we do have so much to get into today. We're going to talk about Harry and Meghan's Netflix documentary. We are going to talk about the Casey Anthony documentary, which I know is a very controversial subject. I'm just warning you, we're going to talk about it. Um, Deep dive all about Good Morning America. And then are you ready for this breaking news? You know, that's my breaking news jingle. Out of the blue. Just snagged uh, Lindsay Hubbard to come on the podcast today. Actually, what had happened was um, I was talking with her because I was going to talk about what's happening on Winter House in this week's episode. And um, she had a lot to say. And she told me that she's been really upset about what has played out in the press this week when it comes to her and Jason. And so I took the opportunity to shoot my shot. I said, if you know, I know it's last second, but if you want to come on my show today, you know, it sounds like you have a lot to get off your chest. And she said, yes. So she will be here. We'll talk about that at the end. So let's get into this week's pop three. The royal drama. Is there any drama like royal drama? I don't think that there is. Megan and Harry's Netflix documentary. Part one is out today. The next part comes out on the 15th of December. Earlier in the week, the trailer dropped and the trailer was intense, right? The couple seemed to be making accusations of attacks in the press coming directly from the palace. Like one of the quotes from Harry said, you know, there's leaking, but there's also planting of stories. It's a dirty game. And then he says in the trailer that um, his fear was that Megan would suffer the same fate as his late mother, Princess Diana. Of course, we all know that she died in a car crash in 1997, allegedly while being chased by the paparazzi. Um, obviously everybody knew that this was going to cause a little bit of an uproar within the family. Uh, we all remember the Oprah interview and that didn't go down smoothly when it came to the Royals. So this wouldn't be any different. Um, a lot of people also saying that the timing of it is a little sus because it was like right when William and Kate landed in the United States. It's the first time they've been here since 2014 and like the same day the trailer comes out. Well, you know, I love a conspiracy theory and I understand why people would think that. I also think that, you know, this Netflix documentary has been a long time in the making. They probably have, you know, deadline dates like trailer one's going to come out this day. Trailer two's going to come out this day. So did they really go above and beyond to drop the trailer you know, the day that William and Kate got here. I don't know. So, you know, the royal experts, they love to talk about this drama. Uh, Christopher Anderson did an interview with Us Weekly, and he's a royal expert. Um, he said, the sense of betrayal has shifted over to genuine combat mode because obviously this is a war between the two. Uh, British tabloids are above and beyond like you think it's bad in america it's really bad in england um and i think obviously i've only been there a handful of times like five times but there are a lot i mean pretty much the whole country loves and adores the royal family so anytime that there's like a little bit of a discrepancy especially just based on you know my experience um people especially in England, will always side with the royal family. Um, woo! They're also, Harry and Meghan are also getting called out a little bit because 
some viewers realized that um, some of the clips that they were using for the trailer were, were stock photos, right? So like uh, there's this one part of the trailer where it's showing them being bombarded by the press, lots of flashing lights, whatever. And viewers actually realized that it was at the Harry Potter premiere that took place years before they even met. And then there's another piece of footage that was filmed outside um, Katie Prince court hearing, which was used as Harry said, I was terrified. I didn't want history to repeat itself, but a source, you know, close to the project told page six, you use stock images to tell a story. It's not meant to be literal in a trailer. It's standard practice in documentary and trailer production, but it's like, is it, I mean, it might be for them, but to the general public, I never heard that before. And I work in media. So I don't know. I'm excited to watch it. Um, and like I said, part one out today, part two out on the 15th. Obviously, the big um, complaint, I guess, from naysayers of Harry and Meghan are you left the royal family to have more of this private life and now you're releasing a Netflix documentary. So, you know, what is it? I don't know. Let's move on to headline number two. There was drama at the People's Choice Awards. I got to say, we're just going to do an overview of the PCAs. And nine times out of 10, I don't care about award shows. I just don't. I'm like, I don't stay up to watch them. I don't care about the red carpet. I don't really care who wins. And if something big happens, it'll be plastered all over the internet the next day, which is exactly what happened. Olivia Wilde was there in what the internet is dubbing a revenge dress. I did love her dress. It was see-through at the top. It was see-through at the bottom, but it had like, like, uh, obviously she had like undergarments on and what am I 80 undergarments really I mean I didn't know the appropriate way to say that it's like a bathing suit bottom right but the rest is lace I thought she looked really good uh and her movie won so props to her um Chris and Chloe were the only representatives from the Kardashian family, which I found um, pretty telling, especially because the Kardashians won for best reality show and Chloe won for best reality star. I think Courtney is totally checked out. I think she's moving to Tennessee like within a year. Kim, I think, is probably laying low because she's still kind of in the heat with the Balenciaga scandal. And we all know Kylie and Kendall could care less. So Chris and Chloe continuing to put the family on their back. Chriselle Stouse was not happy. She was nominated for Best Reality Star, but tweeted that she was denied a plus one, even though we all know she's been with G Flip for quite some time now. She tweeted, I am on the sauce a bit, so I prob so I will probably regret this later, but People's Choice didn't allow me to bring my partner to the awards. I could only bring a plus one if it was a cast member, WTF. Sure, this means I will never be nominated again. Then she said in another tweet, every single cast member invited. And some had plus ones. I was nominated for Best Reality Star, and yet they said no. I didn't know till I got there that everyone was invited. So WTF was the issue. So we'll see if Chriselle Stouse ever gets nominated again. But <laughs> she has a point. She also said that G Flip was in Australia, so it didn't work out anyways. But she was angry. And like she said, she was on the sauce. Then... We had Nick Vial, his girlfriend, Natalie Joy, and Johnny Filippo all sitting at the same table, feeding the internet frenzy that is this situation. Um, obviously, we know that Greg and Victoria just went on Nick's podcast last week. So the fact that Johnny is in the middle of these two is awkward. And they wrote Instagram comments about it. Johnny said, still not doing your podcast. Nick said, uh, 
chicken. You like your little chicken. He said something more vulgar, but I know my mom's listening and I like to keep her happy. So, and then Natalie Joy said, still team BL Fuller. Johnny said you would be. And then Nick said, update Johnny is hot and his DMs are open. I don't know. I think Nick, Nick does anything for attention. And I also think that Natalie, like, how is she in the middle of all the drama? You know, like, is it just, it's obviously just because she's dating Nick, which kind of sucks. Does it? I don't know. I need to think about that one more before I really divulge because I don't want to say anything mean. It's not like I don't like the girl. I just, she's always involved in the drama and like she was, she was not, never on The Bachelor. How would she know? Okay. Anyways, moving on. We're going to talk about the Casey Anthony documentary, Where the Truth Lies. Obviously, this comes with the trigger warning. Um, and I understand that this is a very controversial topic. Um, there's two sides. There are people that say, I refuse to watch this documentary. Why give her the platform? Can't believe Peacock gave her this documentary. And then there are other people that are intrigued. I'll be honest with you. I was intrigued. Um, but really, another reason that I watch is because I don't remember all the details. I was younger when all of this happened. That was reason number one. And reason number two, my fiance, David, who's not from America, had no idea about this. And I was like, what? This is like, this is, it's like this trial and the OJ trial. Everybody knows about that, right? But my British fiance had no idea. So we sat down and we watched it. Like I said, I know there's strong opinions about innocent and guilt, and I'm not really here to discuss those aspects as much as I want to discuss the content in the documentary. Um, there are three episodes. The first two, um, Casey admits to lying a lot, pretty much saying she lied about everything, but then starts to paint the picture of her father, George, um, being abusive towards her as a child. And very long story short, Casey's story that she put out there is that she and Kaylee fell asleep. She was woken up by her father, George, holding Kaylee, soaking wet, didn't know what was going on, um, but that George said, Kaylee's going to be okay. I'm going to take her. We know the rest, you know, 31 days, however many days, no police report, uh, just, just stuff that is not ordinary in those types of situations. Um, didn't see her, no police report, the party pictures. And, and, you know, up until then, David and I were like, this one, like she, she just is not very believable. Uh, everything up until that point seemed very, um, forced. And, you know, when somebody admits to being a habitual liar, uh, whether it be 10 years ago or a decade, a decade is 10 years ago. You get what I'm saying. Like, like you can't really change people's opinions on, on, oh, okay, well, 10 years ago, she was a habitual liar, but now she's not because she says she's not, you know, it just, it, it's hard to believe her. Um, the third part is where things start to get interesting. And when it comes to the father, George, um, you know, he wasn't investigated. And in the third part, Lee, Casey's brother, testifies that Kaylee was found the same way that their father, George, would bury their pets. I'm like, immediately you open an investigation into George when that is said on the stand. You know, his cell phone records weren't brought into into question. Casey talked about her dad saying at the funeral, um, I will miss the smell of her sweat at Kaylee's funeral about Kaylee, which A, is a weird thing to say, and B, is kind of the catapult into Casey then saying, I believe my dad abused my daughter 
you know, right underneath my nose. Really, I will miss the smell of her sweat. He said other really weird things at the funeral. And like I said, that's one a weird thing to say, but two, I ju- I'm I'm apprehensive because of how it played out on the documentary, right? Like Casey's sitting down in an interview and she was like, and he said like that he'll miss the smell of her sweat. Who says that? And then the producer behind the camera goes, Casey, he said that at Kaylee's funeral. And she's like, what? It was like, I need to watch that now for the first time. And I'm like, really, what are the chances that Casey brings up that particular sentence that the producer says, you know, that was at Kaylee's funeral, which you've never watched before, which we're going to watch for the first time while you're sitting down while I'm filming this documentary so that you can then say your dad abused your daughter. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, it just it just feels a little produced. Uh, Casey also said that she had Stockholm syndrome when it came to her father, which is why she wouldn't question him, which is why she said that she believed him when he said that she was going to be okay. And then obviously we found out that she wasn't okay. At the end of the day, Casey's story is that her father was abusing Kaylee um, and accidentally suffocated her. Because Casey said when she was younger and she endured abuse from her father, that's how he would, you know, that's what he would do to Casey to get her whatever you get it. Uh, I know it's a lot. I'm just the messenger. I'm just the messenger. So don't be mad at me. Like I said, I know a lot of people don't want to watch it. I And like I said, I don't know. And I'm not going to pretend like I sit here and think that she is 100% guilty or 100% innocent. Um but I will say after watching that documentary, I I question the fa- George a lot more. I don't know to what extent. Um, I'm trying to be like really careful because I don't want you guys coming for me. They had a lot of secrets. You know, we'll put it that way. If I had to guess, if you're like, Morgan, just tell us what you what you really, really think. Just tell us. If I had to guess. I would say that it was an accident gone wrong and both George and Casey know the truth of what happened. Oh, another thing. George said that it was an accident like on the stand, right? But he also testified against his daughter for her to get the death penalty. So if he's saying that it's an accident to the press, why is he then on the stand testifying against his daughter to die. You know, it's, there's just a lot. There's lots to think about. Can we move on from it? Okay. Yeah, please don't come for me. Cause we I'm talking about it. I got to talk about it. What else we have to talk about the deep dive. Okay. Every week on my Instagram at Morgan P talks, I open up the floodgates. What do you want to know more about? Was there any other option besides the good morning America's candle? No. So this week's deep dive comes to us from Cass. Hey Morgan, this is Cass from Queens, New York. My deep dive request is about this Good Morning America scandal. The tea is piping and I need all the details. Love listening to the pod. Thanks in advance and love you like a sis. Bye. All right, let's start with the basics. GMA3 co-hosts Amy Robach, TJ Holmes, both married, were photographed, holding hands, cozying up 65 photos of the two of them published in the Daily Mail. This started just a frenzy. You know, there's these two. It's fair. Good morning, America. Fair. It's the morning show all over again. And then the very next day, they show up 
to their show as a couple, hand in hand. Oh, it's been a great week. La-di-da. And then on Monday, not on the air anymore. They were pulled uh, because according to ABC, I can't remember a specific title. I didn't write it down. Her name is Kim Godwin. Um, it was an internal and external distraction. She said, this doesn't really violate our company standards. Um but it's an internal and external distraction. I want the whispering in the hallway to stop. I want people to focus on their jobs for the time being. They're going to be pulled off the air. I want to go through the timeline of both Amy and TJ and their road at Good Morning America. So Amy got hired by ABC News as a correspondent in 2012. Uh, two years later in 2014, TJ Holmes was hired to do freelancing for ABC News before being hired as an anchor and reporter. In December of that year, um, he became friends with Amy. As she later told People Magazine, uh, they begin going on double dates together with their then spouses, attorney Marley Feibig and Melrose Play star Andrew Shu, um, while Roblox children watch Holmes children. So uh, that's awkward. In 2016, TJ Holmes had an affair with a producer per page six. The producer worked with Amy Robach at the time. Entertainment Tonight later reported, and one source told page six that Amy Robach was TJ Holmes' confidant in the affair. Another, another source says that's not true. And then in 2019, TJ Holmes ends his affair with the producer after his wife finds emails from her. Um, this affair is actually what might get TJ in trouble, not the one with Amy, but we'll get to that later. So March 1st of 2020, TJ Holmes celebrates his 10th wedding anniversary with his wife in a since unearthed Facebook post. He says, despite my best efforts, she remained married to me for the past 10 years, he writes. That's not hyperbole. I'm not being dramatic. I gave her plenty of reasons, excuses, and opportunities to walk her fine ass out the door with a million O's. I mean, obviously, knowing what we know now, that there was a three-year affair with a producer, I'm pretty sure we can connect the dots, put the pieces of the puzzle together. That's probably one, at least one of the reasons why he would give her an excuse to walk out the door, but they stayed together. So in March of 2020, um, GMA3, it was Michael Strahan, Sarah, and Kiki. They moved away from that show and then moved into a, new, a more uh, news-oriented. It's called Pandemic, What You Need to Know. We all remember March 17, 2020, okay? So Amy was anchor, and then Dr. Jennifer Ashton, ABC's chief medical correspondent, um, also played a major role on the show. But the two of them started working together in September of 2020. Uh, TJ Holmes joined the rebranded permanent GMA3 What You Need to Know as Amy Robach's co-anchor. So they've been together at the desk since September 18th of 2020. You know, they have their friendship, whatever. Then in March 2022, they start training for the New York City Half Marathon together. The 20th, they run it together with Amy's husband, Andrew Shu. And then in May of 2022, that's when the pictures allegedly were taken. The two were spotted canoodling. At the end of May, early June, they go to London for the Queen's Jubilee. A source later told Daily Mail that the staff were buzzing about the two's intimacy on the trip between the two. And then even Amy called the trip one of the best assignments ever on Instagram saying, couldn't have asked for a better partner through it all. August, boom, separate from their spouses. Although August 19th of this year, 
TJ was celebrating his 45th birthday with his wife, Marley Feinbig, and their children per Marley's Instagram. The mess is unmatched. September, Amy and Andrew list their apartment. November, Amy is seen without her wedding ring. November 6th, they run the marathon together in New York City, and then the pictures came out, and now we're here. <laughs> Wowzas. There are also a lot of reports about TJ Holmes' personality, saying that he has a big a big ego, that he yells at staff, um, potentially a third affair as well. Is he a serial cheater? I don't know. Um, Amy's husband, Andrew Shue, best known for his role as Billy Campbell on Melrose Place. They even wrote a book together last year called Better Together. <laughs> it's like this sweet little kid's book about finding common ground and accepting and appreciating others' differences. TJ's wife, like I said, is a high-powered Atlanta attorney. She specializes in immigration law. So maybe she'll hear this podcast and she'll be like, wow, Morgan did a really good job. I should help get her fiance into the country. Maybe not. The interesting thing about this scandal is that there are two very different reactions to it. Some people are delighted. They're like, oh, they were separated from their spouses. They fell in love on the news anchor desk. Like a like a Disney fairy tale movie, and then there's other people who obviously are not. They're like cheating, workplace romances, not a good look. There's a lot of comparisons to the morning show, the actual show, the morning show, and there's this clip recirculating right now of Reese Witherspoon sitting with Amy Robar and Amy Robach and Michael Strahan, and they're talking about how. Oh, yeah, the water cooler conversations we've had. We could give you a few storylines. I think we actually did give you a few storylines. It's like, wow, this stuff is really what was going on behind the scenes at GMA. I think work affairs happen, right? Like, that's not anything new. So why is this one so captivating? I think it's because, A, they Good Morning America in general, the brand is family friendly, you know, wholesome, just not people that you would expect to have TJ Holmes three affairs just doesn't fit the brand, which actually is what these people are more in trouble for than cheating on their spouses. Although, you know, they're coming out and saying, no, we didn't. We fell in love in two months after we were already divorcing or, or separating or whatever. You know, I feel bad for the kids, obviously their parents and whole families in the middle of this media frenzy and they both have kids. Um, my predictions for these two, Amy will be back. I don't, I, and I don't think she'll skip beat. She'll sit back down at the table and she'll be like, welcome in. Don't I look glowing? Had a little week vacation, feeling good, feeling rested, feeling jovial. Like that's what she's going to do. I'm more concerned about TJ. I'm not so sure. He's getting a lot of bad press. His reputation, the affair with the producer, an alleged affair with another person, yelling at staff, having a big ego. It's like, what does he bring to the table that will um, make people forget about all this stuff? You know, like Amy, you can chalk it up. I feel like you can chalk it up. She fell in love. She was getting separated from her husband. But TJ, mm Potentially being a serial cheater, I don't think fits the mold. And time will tell. 
There's nothing like the feeling of being confident in your own skin. It's something that I have struggled with in the past, which is why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best with no complicated routines, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. Right now, I'm using the OS1 Eye Topical Supplement to help strengthen and firm the skin around my eyes. So far, I've noticed it has improved hydration and improved firmness. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support the show and tell them I sent you because I love you like a sis. Okay, now I want to welcome our guest to the show, Lindsay Hubbard. You know her from Summer House. She is on Winter House right now. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about her relationship with Jason. Uh, Before we start chatting with her, I'll kind of give you the rundown about what happened. Um, And trigger warning for this as well, Lindsay Hubbard did suffer a miscarriage. Um, She's been very open and honest about it on both both Summer House and now Winter House. and. a lot of stuff has gone on in the press this week when it comes to uh, Jason's side of the story, her side of the story about how it was handled. Um, and I know that she's really upset about it. So she has some things that she wants to get off of her chest. I'm glad that she feels comfortable to do it here on MPT. But like I said, we are going to be talking a lot about her miscarriage. So if that's triggering for you, I love you. And we'll see you next week. If not, let's welcome Lindsay Hubbard. Hello, Lindsay Hubbard, and welcome to MPT, finally. Oh, my gosh. I know. I thought this day would never come. Although, once I ran into you at BravoCon, I suspected we would be hopping on the mics sometime shortly after. I can't believe that's already been two months ago. I cannot believe that it's already been two months ago. I was just talking to my fiance about that. And uh, of course, everyone on MPT heard about the unbelievable day that you gave me at BravoCon, sneaking me into the Bravo Palooza and just <laughs> waltzing me. Or I think I actually waltzed you around the convention center because I was taking you to all the places that you had no idea how to get <laughs> you to. You like my security guard <laughs> for the day. I was like, oh my God, does everyone know? Okay. So Literally, they would not, the security would not let me roam the halls of BravoCon at at the convention center. I wasn't allowed to go anywhere without security. And they certainly did not want me roaming around aimlessly. And so we were like, okay, Morgan's like, I know where your don't activate me poster (laughs) is. And I know where your like Bravo would bubble of fame is. So like that's how it all went down. So Morgan had to escort me. <laughs> and I I said to myself like I'm I'm just not allowing myself to pass up the opportunity. Like I could have left a couple of different times <laughs> during the day, but I was like, you know, if Lindsay's asking me to come to the green room with her, I'm going to go. I'm going to sit on the couch like I will not be kicked out of this room until they drag me out. Thankfully, they didn't have to do that. But just again, thank you for a wonderful day. It made my weekend, truly. Morgan, it is my pleasure. (laughs) Absolutely. I love listening to you. So 
it's fun. Your little, your little like short, quick Instagram clips of just you recapping whatever situation is going on. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you. That's, you know, one of the main reasons that we have you on today. And this was a spur of the moment situation with you and I, because of course, we've talked about having you on the show multiple times. Um, But I was going to talk about and I know we're going to kill the mood for a second. But um, I was texting you about what's going on with Jason, because there's a lot of stuff right now in the press, a lot of headlines kind of spinning from this latest episode of Winter House. And I was going to talk about it earlier in the episode. and, And you just had so much to say that by the time we got, I don't know, 30 minutes into the conversation, I was like, you know, if you would feel comfortable, it seems like you have a lot to say, like, come on the show and say it because there's been a lot of a lot of back and forth. So how are you? How are you feeling right now about all of this? I mean, I I'm not going to lie. I have been I've been really quite upset this week. Um, I've cried a few times to Carl and like, thank God he's just such an amazing support. And he's so sweet and he always has the best and perfect. And, you know, he just has the right thing to say that makes me feel better about a situation that, you know, especially like this is there's no winner here. And, you know, it's, it's a very delicate and sensitive situation, you know, me having a miscarriage and it being very public and, you know, just sort of, how everything unraveled on Winter House um, is just, I don't know. Like, it's just like really sad to watch this guy who I've just had so much respect for, Jason, um, like lean into some sort of narrative that he created in his head uh, that, you know, saying that I didn't, I didn't share with him that I was, going to share my miscarriage on summer house. Um, or I didn't give him a heads up and like, it's just really unfortunate because I actually gave him multiple heads, heads up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I did a couple of press interviews about that a couple of weeks ago or last week. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's really sad. It's really sad because you sit there and you think like, Oh my God, like, you know, and we had this conversation and he did admit to me, you know, the conversation basically went him saying, hey, you didn't give me a heads up. I mean, he didn't even like sit down and he didn't come into the conversation with like, how are you feeling? You know, now that this has been publicized and it is out in in, in the open, you know, Summer House aired in January, like, how does that make you feel? Like, you know, what kind of feedback have you been getting? You know, I'm sure it's not easy to relive. He didn't say any of that. And like, that's the fact of the matter is he didn't come to me in this conversation and say anything at all, like that was empathetic or sympathetic or, you know, like even ask me how I was doing. It was basically like, you know, this is what you did, Lindsay. And he's making me feel bad about something that I didn't even do. Right. So, and like, it's one thing, you know, Jason is of course entitled to, to grieve the loss of this pregnancy, mm-hmm. you know, but that's a conversation that he didn't have with me. Right. He never sat down and said, I'm really sad. And watching this, you know, 
kind of reminded me of what we once had and that made me sad. Or Mm -hmm. he never sat down and said, you know, like I feel, you know, I feel like I lost something, you know, we were, it it was about to be like something that connected us forever. And then Mm -hmm. I lost that. And, you know, now we, now we don't really talk that much. And like, he never just had any of these decent, respectful conversations with me. And instead he accuses me of not handling my miscarriage appropriately. And I did, I did give him a heads up, multiple heads up. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second, because now it's come out that you guys actually had a conversation that was filmed for Summer House, but that conversation didn't air. Uh, Do you know what he's referring to and what was the context of that conversation? Yeah, so basically, you know, we have (laughs) just to like briefly remind everyone about my timeline. uh, I meet Jason March 2021 at Winter House. We date in April. Right. Getting to know each other, meeting each other's friends, you know, understanding what day to day life is like back in the city. You know, that that's basically what we did in April. By May, early May, the first week of May, I'm realizing after two months of dating this guy that uh, I'm not sure that this is the perfect fit for me. I don't I don't know. You know, maybe it's moving too fast. Whatever it was, I wanted to take a step back. And sort of reevaluate if I wanted to be in a relationship with this man. So I break up with him in early May. And then a month later is when I have the miscarriage. I find out I'm pregnant on a Monday, um, June 7th. I told Jason immediately right away. Now, keep in mind, we are not together. We're not dating. Sure. I broke up with him a month ago, but we've been like, you know, texting. Yeah, cordial. And I think we hung out a couple of times just f- as friends, mm-hmm. um, just trying to figure out like what we are, but we're friends. So here I am a month later, June 7th, Monday, find out I'm pregnant. I tell him immediately, I have him come over to my house and I'm just like, oh my God, like what is happening? I don't know. Like there's, I don't, I'm not even in a relationship with this guy. I don't live with him. Like now I'm going to have a baby with him. And I just like, I felt all sorts of emotions as you can imagine. Um, And then by the next day, Tuesday, June 8th, by the evening time, I'm having like the worst cramps that you can ever, ever imagine. Didn't sleep at all that night. And and I'm like, okay, this is definitely a miscarriage. Um, and by the morning, I started bleeding and went to the hospital. I have O negative blood, and I think that there's something, you know, I don't know if it's just with the like the negative factor or if the O or whatever the case is, but I have to get a special shot so that the next time I get pregnant, my body doesn't create antibodies to um, fight <laughs> to fight against the the baby. Mm. Hopefully, next time. Um, so so yeah. So anyways. Then that was on a Wednesday, June 7th. That was like two and a half weeks before Summer House started filming. I'm hanging out with Jason now again. It was this very weird traumatic experience that bonded us. We mm. we like we we bonded again and got reconnected, you know, through this experience that now we are going through together. 
Um, so unlike what he says in his confessionals or interviews where he's like, oh, yeah, she just like she had the miscarriage and then broke up with me. That's not at all what happened. I actually have so many pictures of things that we did, including we went to the Hamptons one weekend before I started filming me, Carl, Jason, Danielle, and I have a ton of pictures from that. So his whole narrative of, you know, Lindsay didn't talk to me much after the miscarriage. That is absolutely not true. I hung out with him for an entire month afterwards. Um, so then we start filming Summer House. Here I am. Now I'm filming. I'm distracted by that. I'm realizing as I'm filming, like, you know what? Like, I don't want to lead Jason on. I don't think that's fair to him. I clearly want to be single. And I can just tell that that's what I want to do this summer. I My summer almost went a completely different direction. Mm -hmm. I almost had the ultimate, you know, sort of attachment and... um you know, it was, it just almost went in a completely different direction. So considering it didn't go in that direction, I just don't want any attachments whatsoever at all, especially in a relationship. And I wanted to be single, as you saw, hot hub summer. <laughs> um, so I sat Jason down on camera two weeks into filming. So this is now like early July. Broke up with Jason early May, a month later, first week of June, find out I'm pregnant, have a miscarriage immediately. And then a month later, now I'm filming Summer House and I have a conversation with Jason on camera. So in this conversation with Jason, it's basically like, how are you doing? How are you holding up? How are you feeling? I'm asking him, by the way, how he's feeling how are you feeling in all of this? You know, I want to take time to make sure that you, you felt, you feel, you know, like you can share your, you know, anything that you're feeling with me. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, 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 this is, it's your body. It's every, you know, it's totally, this is, this is all about you. Like, you know, how are you doing? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine getting there, but you know, and, and so I went into basically telling him, I I want to be an adult. I want to have a respectful conversation and I I don't I want to be single. But out of respect for him, I wanted to let him know. And I'm asking him in this conversation like, what do you what do you want, you know, do you want to date other people? Do you want to still be friends? You know, is that too hard for you like you know to do that right now? Like I can understand. Like I'm just trying to like understand what, where he's at. Mm -hmm. And he's just not saying anything. Like, he's just not at all. Like, he's just like, Oh, I just want you to be happy, which is like super sweet that he wants me to be happy. But like, what do you want for Jason? What does Jason want for Jason? And he's just not talking. So the reason that conversation got cut is because he didn't say anything. <laughs> like you can't use a conversation where I'm just like, you know, digging for teeth and he's not saying anything. So that's why it got cut. It didn't get cut because it was a forced conversation. It got right. cut because there was only one person having a conversation. And what are you going to do? Like, there's no point in using this scene when it's just me talking to myself the whole time. Do you think that he 
Why why do you think that he was acting that way? Do you think that he didn't want to talk about it on camera? Do you think it was maybe too soon for him or Yeah, it might, maybe it was too soon, which is totally fine, right? Like mm-hmm. maybe he's still processing his emotions about it. Again, totally fine. Um, but you know, you're also out there on podcasts, like he did a podcast in June where he complained about how he didn't get any media attention about my miscarriage. So in that podcast, he's like, oh, no, I didn't have a voice. But like now here here you had a voice. You literally had a voice Mm. with cameras around you. And you have the opportunity to say anything that you're feeling whatsoever about my miscarriage or our pregnancy and you didn't use that opportunity. And I mean, let's just think of the logistics of how these shows work. I mean, you opened up about that episode one of that last season of Summer House. So it's like, obviously with a season premiere, there's going to be publications that are reaching out to, it was a huge part of the season. They're going to reach out to you for comment is does he expect those publications to just automatically reach out to him? Do you think it's a little maybe being naive in in the reality TV sphere? Because it's like, okay, I'm thinking. Yeah, but they- I'm not understanding then. Because Winter House season one premiered in October, a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. It premiered in October. As things come out on the show, there are subsequent media articles that write about any big things that happen in those episodes. Mm -hmm. So how does he not now understand how the media works with a TV show? And here I am, you know, doing press interviews that our publicists set up to promote the season six premiere of Summer House. This miscarriage news airs in episode one of season six in the premiere episode. So as I'm talking to media, they're asking me about it. Of course they are. This is like the biggest thing that's happened to me, you know, since who, who knows what, right? Like since whatever the last breakup was. So like, this is like kind of a big deal. And of course it is a big deal. It's not kind of. (laughs) Well, yeah, but of course media is asking me about it because I'm on Summer House. I'm promoting the season, the you know, season six of Summer House. Jason's not on Summer House. So he's not out there promoting the show. Am I then supposed to, you know, stop the interview and say, by the way, you should really talk to Jason about my miscarriage too. Like, right. it's just not how it works. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it's really fair for him to kind of project his feelings about, you know, not being interviewed by the media onto me. And like, also like why they can ask you how you feel about the pregnancy, but like, and then the loss, but how are you going to answer questions about my miscarriage? Right. How are you going to answer that? Like, what are you going to say? And it's just almost like, you know, I guess it's just beyond me that where I'm sitting here at Winter House this past March and 
He's like, yeah, you never gave me the heads up that you were going to share your story on Summer House. I'm like, literally verbatim. I'm like, yeah, I, yes, I did. Remember, like I talked to you in those couple of weeks in between me having the miscarriage and me shooting Summer House. I said to you, hey, look, this is going to come out this summer. I don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. I'm shooting a a reality TV show. This is what is real that is going on in my life in this moment right now. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, it's going to be shared on the show. Of course, it's going to be talked about because it's something that is going on in my life right now as we're filming. (laughs) Yeah. And you always are, you always share like every part of your life. So I guess I just don't understand why, why someone would be caught off guard when we've seen you specifically for six seasons, talk about really difficult and traumatic things in your life. Why, why are we surprised that you choose this outlet? Like it's your life. Well, not to mention any media that ran, ran after summer house aired summer house was the one who told the story and it was the story the way that I wanted to share it, mm-hmm. which was with my best friend, Carl. So, you know, it's just beyond me how when I, I have a very specific conversation with Jason a couple of weeks before even stepping foot in the Hamptons that summer. And I was like, look, this is going to come out this summer. Cameras are going to be rolling. I don't know what's going to happen, but I it will be shared on this show, mm-hmm. my show, the show that I've been on for six years. Mm-hmm. And he was like, not a problem. That is your prerogative with whoever you want to tell. And I said, okay, thank you. And then he goes, and then I asked you, Lindsay, who I was able to share that with. And I said, and what did I say, Jason? And he goes, you told me I can also share it with whoever I would like to share it with. And I said, exactly. So you do remember this conversation. So you do remember having this conversation where I gave you the heads up. Mm. So that was the first heads up. The second heads up was when we actually physically filmed with each other in a conversation on my couch, on camera, Mm. on camera, in the public. So like either this guy has severe amnesia or he needs something to talk about on Winter House. So I refuse to believe that he somehow forgot that we even filmed an entire scene together on my couch. I refuse to believe that he forgot that. So the, uh, the only other alternative as to why he's bringing this up when I gave him multiple heads up and now he's at Winterhouse saying I didn't give him any heads up. The only thing that I can think of is he's doing it for a storyline. Did you have that realization while you were having that conversation at Winterhouse? Because to average to the average viewer, you looked caught off guard, but you stayed very calm, cool, collected. Like I remember watching it thinking, I have no idea what she's thinking right now. Oh, I was completely caught off guard. I'm thinking, okay, you know, I haven't seen Jason in a while. He hasn't seen me. Um, You know, here I just walked in with my new boyfriend slash best friend, Carl. He used to hang out with me and Carl all the time. 
I, as weird as it is, when I was dating Jason, we used to hang out with Carl all the time. So I'm thinking like he just wants to like have a general catch up and and, you know, sit down with me and say, hey, like, how are you? It's right right around the time that, you know, you would have given birth. How are you feeling about that? Like how how you know, what was the feedback since you shared it? Well, Jason, thank you for asking. I really appreciate that. But that is not how the conversation went. Mm. Sadly, he did not ask me anything about how I was feeling. And keep in mind, like, this is something that happened to my body. Right. This is something that happened to my body. So again, like, he is totally entitled to grieve the loss of something. But he did. that's not the conversation that he had with me. The conversation he had with me was accusing me and making me feel guilty about something I just didn't even do. And then simultaneously admits, oh yeah, you did give me a heads up. Why the hell that was not included? I don't know. I do not edit this show, (laughs) but it wasn't. And here I am, like, it pains me. I'm sitting here crying this week to Carl because it's just like, there are actually people out there who think that I'm some monster who didn't give this guy a heads up when I did everything as best as I could have done it, given that I'm in the public eye. I mean, I think the only other thing I could have done is like sent him a calendar alert for the season premiere of Summer House. Like, you know, like that's also not my job. It's not my job to handhold you and let you know how the media works with TV shows. Like take that up with our publicist. And it's also not my job to, you know, you know when Summer House is premiering. Like, it's all over Bravo. It's yeah. all over our Instagrams. Every single one of us is like, Summer House is premiering. Like, you know <laughs> what day it's coming out. Like, it's no question. So, like, I'm sorry that he, you know, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he just, like, was confused with how how TV works, but I don't know how that's even possible considering he has at least one season of winter house under his belt by the time, you know, season six of summer house premiered. Right. It's like crazy to me because he, he actually sent me this really sweet text after the, the premiere on January 17th. He said, literally as soon as the episode was over, he goes, always wishing you the best, and I hope everything is okay after the episode. I can't imagine it's easy going through this again. All love, take care. I then respond, aw, thank you for the sweet message. It's something that we will always share, and I appreciate the love and supportive text. And he hearted it. So why would you send this text and then two months later – you're be all upset. of a sudden upset that you didn't get a heads up that it was going to be that my miscarriage was shared on Summer House. Like, this doesn't make sense. So you do care or you don't care? Because according to your sweet text, you're very aware. And you didn't seem upset the night of the premiere. And now two months later, conveniently, as cameras are rolling you have something to talk to Lindsay about. And it's just, I guess like the most upsetting part is like, I, I have to live with this miscarriage for the rest of my life. It will never leave me. It will never go away. I will think about it. I have waves of emotion, you know, and I'm, and 
I used to, I was like really conflicted when it all happened. Mm -hmm. You know, like when I found out I was pregnant, I didn't feel the way that you should be feeling when you find out you're pregnant. I'm not in a relationship with this guy. I had already broken up with him. You know, like he wasn't the right fit for me. All of that is okay, but now I'm pregnant. Like I'm conflicted. Like what what do I do? Like I don't, how does this work, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was a part of me that when I had the miscarriage, I was relieved that I didn't even have to think, you know, more intensely about like all the solutions I had to come up with, Mm -hmm. you know, like all of a sudden, okay, well, I guess I don't have to figure this out anymore because sadly there is no more baby to think about. So, you know, and then of course, like along with miscarriages comes like everything else that you have to think about as a female, you know, and it's like, I don't think Jason fully understands like how females feel shame and how this is like, like women don't really talk about it. So Mm. for me to even talk about it very publicly, like, does he not understand like the impact that it's had on other women? Right. Like I tried to use such a negative traumatic experience in my life and turn it into a positive to use my platform to help people. And here he is taking a negative situation and a traumatic experience and making it more negative. And now I have to think about this guy who is attached to something that I have to think about for the rest of my life. I'll never stop thinking about this miscarriage, but at least the saving grace I had was that Jason's a good guy. At least it happened with a nice guy. And then this conversation happened at Winter House and I realized, wow, I will never think of Jason as the same ever again. And I cried for three weeks after Winter House. I came home. I I mean, I cried to my best friends. I cried to my parents. Like, I just could not believe that somebody would use my miscarriage as a talking point to be relevant on a TV show. And not only that, but try to shame me and tell me that I didn't handle things appropriately or the right way because he conveniently forgot that I did give him a heads up. And now here, you know, and then in June, he goes on a podcast and says, complains on that podcast that he didn't get enough media attention. So like he's legitimately admitting, publicly admitting that he didn't get enough quotes and articles and media attention about my miscarriage. Okay. Well, guess what, Jason, you, you have the platform. The platform is yours. You're getting plenty of media attention. Now, what would you like to say? What would you like to say about my miscarriage? Cause it's not our miscarriage. It was our pregnancy and it was our loss, but it was my miscarriage and my body. And unless I'm mistaken, I don't think that it's possible for Jason to have physically have a miscarriage. And also, if he would like to claim this miscarriage as his, then maybe I should send him an invoice for the $6,000 I spent at the emergency room. Or, you know, maybe 
I should send him my therapy bills for, you know, trying to work through all of the emotions that come with it. And the fact that I had all these insane hormones in my body or that I didn't get my period for three months after, or that I had to go to the fertility clinic to see if there was something wrong with me. Like most women feeling that shame. Was that ever acknowledged by him? No, it was not. But here he is acknowledging that he didn't get enough media attention to talk about the miscarriage. Well, you have it now, my friend. So let's hear what you have to say. Whew, I mean, I feel like we could drop the mic right there. Would Is there any world where you get on good terms with him again? What would it take from him? I mean, like the fact of the matter is like this guy is not even he's not even uh, an, uh, apologizing to me like, hey, you know, I'm so sorry that like I am now the cause of you having to relive this this trauma all over again. And I can't believe I made you feel like you handled things the wrong way. Like when you did, you like you, you did the best that you could do to give me a heads up. And like, I just like, I think it's really crazy that this nice guy, you know, everyone thinks he's a nice guy. Ever And everyone does. I mean, even myself, you know, like watching the show, I'm like, okay, well then if you're a nice guy, then be a man and say, you know what, Lindsay, it's my mistake. I should not have blamed you for not giving me a heads up. You absolutely did give me a heads up and it's my fault for not remembering. But he's, where is that? Where is that conversation? Or I guess he just wants to go with the edit, right? Because if it didn't happen on TV, it didn't happen. Well, that kind of mindset never fucking flies with me because the truth is the truth. I had multiple conversations with him. What he's doing is straight out lying and and using this as a platform to exploit someone else's traumatic experience for his relevancy. And that right there is unacceptable. Like that is disgusting behavior. So, I mean, I don't care who you are, like any female any male, like we do not live in a misogynistic world. We're in December of 2022. Right. Like we're not in the 1800s anymore. Like you as a man do not get to insert yourself into a conversation about my body. You know, like the, at the end of the day, I do not need anyone's permission to talk about what happens to my body. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter is, I had enough respect to have multiple conversations with Jason and now he's using it to exploit for, you know, him to have something relevant to talk about and also for him to have a storyline because he had nothing else to talk about. And that's sad to me. That is really sad and it's disgusting. Well, I'm sorry that you had to go through this, especially with somebody like you said, who you trusted thought, was a good person. And then you just having this opposite experience with them. I know that a lot of listeners, obviously I have a primarily female audience. A lot of people have probably gone through the same thing that you have. Um, I want to talk just briefly about what you've learned through the, through the experience, maybe any piece of advice you could give to another woman who might have gone through something similar. 
You know, I think there was a couple of things that I found um, that I found solace in. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Or, or I, I, I tried to like find the positivity in in this, right? So, one of the things that I just kept telling myself was like the universe has other plans, and it's true. Like the universe had other plans. Look, look where I'm at now. Right. Like I am, you know, in this beautiful, loving, healthy, happy relationship you know, with my fairy tale fiance and, you know, I, you know, I, I just, I, the fact that I get to experience that is just amazing. Right. So that's one thing. And then also I think the fact that I could get pregnant was a huge like sign of relief for me. Um, I think typically that's the part that's the hardest is Mm -hmm. the actually getting pregnant part. And, um, so I just, I kept thinking like, okay, all right, at least, at least I can get pregnant, you know, but Mm -hmm. everyone's very different. And, and, uh, you know, these situations are very individualized, you know, to, to the person. I was in a situation where I, wasn't attached in one direction or another because I simply didn't have enough time to attach, you know, to a, okay, I'm having a baby or, you know, I'm not having a baby. Like it was literally one day, like 36 hours of me knowing that I'm pregnant before the miscarriage Mm -hmm. happened. So I didn't, I didn't really, there wasn't enough time you know, to, to really emotionally attach in any which direction. And I think because of that, I was able to, to talk about it a little bit easier than, you know, some people are. Um, I think, I think for me, and I'm getting emotional right now because it, it was really helpful for me to be able to share and all of the the women who reached out to me and gave their support and told me their stories, I honestly want to thank them because it was helpful. Like opening those lines of communication should happen more. Mm. And, you know, women shouldn't feel shame and we should be able and feel okay to talk about, you know, these traumatic experiences. And I understand not everyone is open, you know, to sharing them quite like me, but I just, I found a lot of support when I shared. Mm. Um, and so I just, I want to thank, you know, everyone, all the women out there who shared with me makes you feel less alone. makes me feel less alone. And I think that's, you know, I think that's important. Well, I think that's a good place to end it because we're going to leave this on a positive note. I think you're sharing your story has been very inspiring to a lot of people and it takes a lot of bravery to do so. So I commend you for doing that. Um, You know, here at MPT, we are Hubhouse fans through and through (laughs) and we will never turn our backs on you. Um, Anything else before we go? I'll let you have the last word. Um, yes, I will send you my address so you can invite me to your wedding. Okay, but I better be invited to your wedding. (laughs) Done. Deal. (laughs) 
All right. Thank you guys again for hanging out on another week of MPT. What a jam-packed episode. I need a nap. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Don't forget, I think we're two reviews away on Apple Podcasts to hit my 500 goal. That's what I want for the end of the year. So we're definitely going to hit it. If you haven't given a review yet, please do so. And I want 300 on Spotify. So just give a little five-star rating. Don't even have to write anything, but you can if you want to. Also, tomorrow is Bachelor Brain Dump. All of the Bachelor headlines that you missed, we got to talk about Gabby and Vinny. There's more stuff going on there. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Patreon page. The pop-up batch here is three bucks. So we'll see you there. The link is in the description. Have a great rest of your week. Love you like a sis. Ahura Media Production.